1: There's a big game coming up, and it's going to be a good one. You've got your buddies coming over, you're all pumped. You know it wouldn't be good if your friends get thirsty and you have nothing to offer them. So do yourself a favor, gear up to watch all the games by picking up a six-pack of Coca-Cola and an eight-pack of Powerade at Walmart. When you pick up Coca-Cola and Powerade at Walmart, you're always ready for tip-off. And get in on the NCAA March Madness action by visiting Coke.com slash always ready. That's Coke.com slash always ready, and March Madness are trademarks of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. All right, Danny, this is always one of my favorite episodes of the year, although it does involve, as always, a bunch of our having to eat some crow, but we're going to go back and look at our over-under picks, figure out where we went wrong, where we went right, and talk about it. it should be a fun one. Uh, how are you feeling just about this year and how predictable it was in general?
2: Well, I mean, besides the horribleness of our best prediction, <laughs> our biggest prediction, uh, I, I think that I think that a A lot of it was about getting the contours right, but some of these were just really good lines, and so it was kind of like evaluating it, and you could see—there's one in particular that I'll bring up where, like, both sides of it were reasonable. We disagreed, and, you know, it kind of went—it went one way and then the other over the course of the year.
1: Yeah, there are still a bunch of these that are pretty close, and they definitely do a pretty good job— I think for us, the East in particular was really weird with all all these teams that, you know, you've got this top four, and then all the rest of these teams basically in between about. 43 and 35 wins very difficult and then i think also this year we've seen at least since we've been doing this now and i think this is our third our, this is our second year of doing it saw a lot more tanking affecting some of these numbers late and we tried to control for that early on in the process but uh you know with with uh one team in particular and, and uh we'll see whether that ends up affecting things or not so let's just go in uh order through the conferences here starting with the Atlanta Hawks which are still up in the air they're over under 43 and a half Uh, I went under my my prediction for them was 43 so not very far under Uh, your prediction was over this is one of the ones the seven I'm sorry no the eight that you and I disagreed on uh, but not by much still up in the air here they are projected by 538 at 42 wins and they would basically have to win out yeah they have their 39 and 37 right now so and, and paul Millsap still no word I, that i've seen yet on his return so so looking like it's probably going to go under
2: Millsap's injury really did create devastation on this one for me because if he i think if he had been healthy they would have picked up enough of these to to get a little bit over probably ended up around 44 45 and that's the way it happens you know injuries it it, it hurts sometimes more with an over under if it happens at the very end of the year but it can happen at any point
1: yeah it's hard for you to say bad beat though because their point differential was negative 1.3 so they actually really have kind of gotten really lucky in close games throughout the year I mean this team has probably been worse I think than either of us expected it looked early on in the year when they got out to that nine and two start that their defense was going to be a monster and then the big worry for them was just they weren't going to be able to score and that's really has been the biggest problem and the defense declined from elite to merely good and that's why you know I, I think that this team is uh I mean the other thing that we talked about too that didn't happen that we thought might happen that could have affected things was the possibility of a Millsap trade some of their other free agents getting traded. That almost happened. Frankly, That's probably true. as we've said many times, probably should have happened uh, and it didn't, but they're still going to go under anyway, it looks like most likely. And yeah. their fundamentals would support that.
2: Move on to Boston. Boston's was set at 51 and a half and we both liked the over. It's not definite yet, but it looks like they're going to hit 538 projects them to have 53. I felt more confident comfortable with this than it ended up being. But I think that's just because I was so high on Boston. But they've had a wonderful year.
1: Yeah, it's interesting if you're going to contrast Boston's performance to preseason expectations they have had a wonderful year you could also say that hey you know Al Horford missed all this time they were 500 after 25 years interesting too that these Brad Stevens teams this has now been the third year in a row that they've started off much more poorly than they ended the year in part due to the trades that they made two years ago to get Jarebko and Isaiah Thomas but nonetheless they haven't gotten there the way you thought we thought it would be on the back of an elite defense instead Isaiah Thomas has had this historic season that i don't think we saw i mean he was sort of playing an all-star level but uh they also really have outperformed their point differential as well in part due to thomas's nightly clutch heroics so i think they are going to go over we both thought they'd go over i felt that this team it would be possible that they could even get to 60 wins and if they had defended all year the way we thought they could and had this offense they might actually have gotten pretty close to there uh but that didn't happen either so this is when we got right i'm not gonna like you know, say, hey, we, we did such an amazing job on this one, though, because they didn't get there the way we thought that they would.
2: Right, and they also one of the arguments that we had both talked about, and you mentioned this with previous trades, is we thought they th- we thought they could make a, a buy now a win now move, and they didn't really do that either. So they they went under it with their existing talent.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, over, over over over
2: it with their, their existing, existing talent.
1: talent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, and we don't know for sure that they're going to get there, but they probably will. I mean, they're projected for fifty three. The over under was fifty one and a half, and they're going to be trying the whole time they'll probably be i don't know exactly what their schedule is the rest of the way i know they play cleveland on wednesday but they're probably going to run into some teams that are resting or tanking or something so you have to imagine that they're not going to just blow it uh let's get to one that uh was an interesting one for me you and i were both quite vehement on this one is 20 and a half brooklyn the lowest over under on the board i actually predicted that they would get to 24 wins on my preview podcast we both had the over i actually put 15 dollars on this over and uh they are projected for 19 probably not going to get there i don't know you might have a better familiarity with their schedule than i do though um how are they looking right now
2: i think they have two more games against the bulls which is strangely intriguing now but i i think they're going to finish just under they might win 20 which would be really tough in that way but yeah i mean they, but the benefit that they have is if they had won that game against Orlando it would have helped the benefit they have is that they have no reason to lose intentionally they can just keep pushing but I expect they'll probably yeah, and
1: take- and Kenny Atkinson has said that unlike last year they will actually keep everyone active going forward I think that they uh, are intoxicated by this recent uh, winning Jag that saw them win, I think uh, seven of their 19 uh, of their 17 games so far uh, in March.
2: Yeah, so their schedule left, they have Atlanta, Philly, Orlando, Chicago, Boston, Chicago. So maybe maybe yeah, something they, like a split.
1: So they would have they would have to go four and two to get to get to twenty one wins and, and hit the over for us though, huh?
2: i believe so yes
1: yeah so that's uh that seems rather unlikely even even for this uh juggernaut since jeremy lynn came back and and i mean that was the thinking was that they had no point guard last year they brought in jeremy lynn uh and that was going to make a huge difference for him and that thinking was correct except for the fact that jeremy lynn missed like 60 games <laughs> in, in the games that he played uh they have performed very well so i, I think had he even been healthy for two-thirds of the year we probably would have gotten this one correct yeah i think that's fair uh so i i liked our logic on that one our logic on this next team was uh how shall we say incorrect
2: after loving charlotte's over was that last year and getting it right was yeah it, it again? was last year I, they were like yeah. 40
1: and a half last year or something
2: yeah and and went over no they were like a,
1: even lower than that last year. i think i think last it was like
2: 37 like, or
1: something no 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 last year they were 32 Ugh. and they ended up winning 46 and then they got no respect again this year they actually started at 39 and a half and by the but by the time we actually did the show had gone up to 42 and a half. thank god i didn't put the uh best bet on there if it had been 39 and a half we would have and 30 39.5, 42 and a half both those are gonna lose
2: yeah uh, a disappointing year for charlotte we found out that cody zeller was incredibly important and even though kemba walker had that amazing start to the year made the all-star team they're still you know not gonna make the playoffs well,
1: and he's so, but- it's not like he even has dropped off either i mean like no. that's the thing is that you know walker there's a concern that like he was coming off this knee surgery he wouldn't be himself he's been great and, and zeller was good it's just their bench and especially just their backup big man positions have been so putrid the trade for Marco Bellinelli he's been okay but he it's hard to say that that necessarily really shored things up Haas uh, Hibbert like both those guys are awful they got traded for nothing and, and then maybe if Plumley had number one been the guy that they thought he was gonna be when they traded for him and number two not immediately succumb to a calf injury that's basically had him out the entire time since they acquired him maybe they could have gotten into things but i, I guess the, the one thing that we could say about charlotte though when we're talking about like hey we, we we're so dumb I mean, their point differential is projected to be plus 0.5 at the end of the year so that's really right in line with the over there i mean they've just gotten very unlucky in close games and their bench has sucked so maybe actually we shouldn't be you know as hard on ourselves for, for this one but i mean they are going to finish several games below uh the over
2: yeah yes chicago bulls were at 38 and a half I think we were both, we both liked the under, but thought it was a pretty good number just because their talent didn't mesh and they only need to win two games to go over. So it looks like they probably will, but it hasn't been locked in yet. They're projected to win 40.
1: Yeah. And they play what Philly twice and Brooklyn twice over the huge win against Atlanta last yesterday where they came back from 10 down with five minutes left. Jimmy Butler put the team on his back as he has in so many games. Uh, And they also have slightly overperformed a negative point differential. I'm really annoyed though that they probably are going to go over because I felt like our logic was totally sound on this one, and uh, they've had some really inexplicable losses, although some inexplicable wins as well. Um, you know, I, I you could actually make the argument that the Dwayne Wade injury actually might have, like, caused us to lose this one. You could. Because I think they've been better without him, and now they're finally... And also, like, Rondo was exactly who we thought he was going to be early on, and then it, since he got put back in the starting lineup, he's been completely killing it. He's hitting all his threes, it, like, having these twins. 25 point games like it's just this team man uh I, I i know you've been actively rooting against them making the playoffs it looks like that's probably not going to happen now um i don't know i think i i'm actually kind of interested to see them now especially if they match up against cleveland like that jimmy butler against lebron they swept the Cavs this year somehow four zero like i actually be interested to see it. and just to see if like nicole mirotic had like this unbelievable march like maybe they'll actually be like kind of frisky like they've been playing like a real like fred Hoyberg's out really probably for the first time since Wade went down
2: I've enjoyed them more even though they're still immensely frustrating the last week or so but yeah I'd be the reason I was rooting against them was just because I think they're the least interesting team of the of the ones at the bottom and so you know I want to see the most interesting ones in and also Milwaukee kind of firming up their place has changed a little bit for me because they were the team that I thought was going to get knocked out if the Bulls went in and when that changed it it took a little bit of the venom out of out of me so I'm I'm okay with it now I still don't want it but I'm more okay
1: all right, we'll get to the Cleveland Cavaliers, one that we both got right momentarily. But first, this from Helix Sleep. This is the mattress that I sleep on every night. And my girlfriend found it. We actually, I think, were the first podcast that they ever advertise on because when I was looking for sponsors initially, I actually DM'd their company Twitter account and said, hey, I love your product. Other mattress companies are advertising on podcasts. Do you want to try advertising on mine? Let's see how it goes. And that was two years ago and they're still on the show. So a lot of our listeners have enjoyed their product as well. What makes them so special, better than some of the other mattress delivery companies that have kind of been a hot segment lately, is it's not one size fits all. I tried one of those other companies and I developed back problems nearly immediately. So uh, I apparently did not fall into that one size fits all. But with Helix Sleep, you fill out a simple two to three question questionnaire on their website and they'll customize the mattress for your personal sleep profile. If you and your significant other have different profiles, you can actually get the mattress split down the middle. How, the firmness, the how much heat is retained by the mattress, those are just some of the factors that, that they consider. And they did a great job for me. I, I've been really comfortable, so I'd highly encourage you to try it. And then they have a, this 100-day guarantee as well, where if you don't like it for whatever reason, they will actually allow you to return it within 100 days. You can really get a feel for whether it's good or not. So the way to get started with Helix Sleep, helixsleep.com slash Capspace. That's a URL, and we talk about Capspace all the time on the program. That'll get you 50 bucks off your order helixsleep.com slash cap space again is that URL I'll let them know that you came from us helixsleep.com slash cap space the cleveland cavaliers look to go under their mark of 56 and a half
2: i think this was one where we had really good logic and it ended up working out i mean there was certainly a chance they were going to go yeah, over for but once right <laughs> yeah the idea that they were they weren't going to push that hard that there were some issues with the way that you know the team was going to work out i don't think we expected you know the injuries that they had to deal with at moments of the season but it it worked out well. Hold
1: on, hold on. I mean, I guess, I guess, K Love missed. He really only missed four weeks, right? And then Irving, who had been injured basically his entire career until now, has missed like a few games due to rest. I was thinking at Jr. personally. Yeah, I, I mean, some of their support players, they definitely have had some issues and we worried about their defense we worried about their motivation uh we also worried about them not getting pushed at all as it turns out they actually are getting pushed by boston but more just because they've really fallen back to the pack so much and, and i think not only that are they at 52 wins but really i mean what is their point differential going to end up at here like they they're they were really outperforming their that in close games for a while I mean, they're going to be 3.2 point differential by the end of the year is the projection wow i, I mean pretty amazing too i mean i, I don't buy this for a second but given the way that they've actually performed on the court they are given two percent title odds now uh by 538 uh pretty amazing only a 39 percent chance of getting the top seed and in fact it almost certainly the east winner this year it's probably going to be 53 wins maybe 54 i think that is the lowest amount that a top seed has had since i i want to say uh 2007 the Pistons were like 53 wins or something that ended up losing to LeBron's uh, Cavs team in that epic uh, 07 Eastern East Finals and then you I think you would have to go back to uh like those Nets teams that made back to back finals that were, you know, 49 wins like low fifties to get to where uh a conference winner has had this low of a win total.
2: You could do a retro podcast with Dan Feldman on that one of the games in the 07 East Finals.
1: <laughs> well, I already I can't do that to him because I already uh made him sit with me through that incredibly painful loss in uh the eighty-eight finals. So I think That's true uh yeah, probably would have to bring someone who's like a Cavs expert on for that uh for that one if we're gonna be fair
2: well and since we're since we're already talking about the pistons we can go on to them the pistons the over under was set at 45 and a half which was in our opinion a really good line you went under and i went over and i think this was my worst call for a very simple reason which was the pathway for them to go way over this number was very narrow and their pathway to go under was a lot wider usually that leads to me being risk averse and taking the taking the the wider path but there were two teams them and the new orleans pelicans where i just believed in their coach i believed in the in the kind of what they were doing not the coach for new orleans but i I believed in that and i was just completely wrong
1: well did we know about the reggie jackson injury when we did this i think we did right like that came out i think we did
2: i'm not completely sure but i think we did
1: you know yeah you know i don't that might actually not have come out until after this i I think that came out in like mid-october and they're like yeah it's gonna be six to eight weeks so uh because we did this on i think october 1st is when we did this maybe a little bit after that uh but for me i mean the i had i predicted 45 so it's not like i was like oh yeah they're going to be way under uh and until this recent swoon they actually were like still close to being projected for 500 and the thought was they are 43 wins last year they were you know nothing in their fundamentals made that fluky and then this whole team was young they picked up some additional depth in the offseason why wouldn't they just improve a little bit and and get better i had them improving some i was just like a little conservative because as you said you know they didn't really have that high-end star talent that you generally are going to need to get into like the high 40s low 50s uh but I'm still surprised that they've performed as poorly as they have. I mean, even to the point where we've talked about this before and people are like, oh, should the Pistons blow it up? I'm like, no, nah, you know what? Like, I'm not going to go there yet. Like Reggie Jackson was injured all year just as a shell of himself. You know, maybe they still can get more out of this talent going forward. Yeah,
2: it's a disappointing year. And I wonder where they're going to where they're going to go this summer. It's they're actually the team that I would say is the most intriguing because of the combination of coach GM. I think that gives them a little bit more volatility to maybe do something bigger. So we'll see.
1: Uh, Nonetheless, though, continuing a theme, on ones that we disagreed on I'm gonna be right and uh you probably are not gonna be
2: right <laughs> I'm glaring at my monitor right now but you're right
1: <laughs> all right let's get to the Pacers
2: Pacers a lot like the Cavs where we just thought the number was a little bit high thought that it was was a little bit over there uh so 43 and a half we both said under they're gonna go a little bit under
1: yeah they another team with kind of this weird recent swoon you know leading to some of those Paul George comments uh, about being unhappy so uh, I think again this is was one where i thought the line was probably a couple of games too high and I think people were just seduced by the Larry Bird points per game brigade, underrated the decline in their defense. And I think you and I have discussed this uh, before on the 15 and 60, where we felt like Indiana might be the team that most hewed to what we thought they were going to be this season. And, uh, you know, I, I feel pretty good about uh, getting this. I mean, they're probably, you know, right around average in offense and defense. Um, it, we thought that their bench could be a problem. That, that's that been the case as well. Um, so. Yeah, I mean not not much more to say on this one. This is one of the few that really kinda of went according to plan.
2: Yay. One that changed so much over the course of this year, Miami. It was set at thirty six and a half and then I think it dropped to thirty four and a half. And yeah,
1: after after the Bosch news in late September.
2: Right. So we knew that when it went in. And you said you went over, I went under for the first half of the year, I looked Right. And then they just rattled off that ridiculous run. And who knows if that's going to continue, if they're actually going to make the playoffs. But either way, you're going to get this right.
1: Well, yeah, I was pissed off because they were had such a good point differential and they just kept losing. And I was like, all set for to be like, oh, you know, my process really was right, and you know, they just got unlucky and blah blah. And then, and then they they won like, you know, what on this like thirty and ten run or whatever whatever they've been on now. Um, uh, so so that one, I mean, and I can't quite take credit because the the I mean the formula in some respects, at least defensively, has been about what I expected. But we mentioned. Uh, on when we talked about their game against Detroit, that they set a team record for three pointers. No way, I saw that coming. You know, I, I mean, I thought that they were just going to be, you know, scrape by, maybe get semi close to 500 by having like a top five defense, and their defense has been great. But the two players I thought really were going to be important to that where justice winslow and josh richardson richardson had tore his mcl uh, was never really right uh, all year he's finally getting back to being good now and then justice winslow basically has been out since uh the beginning of december so i I thought those were going to be the players the formula's kind of been the same and then this three-point bombing i mean you just did not see it at all the way they've pushed the pace gordon Dragic's unbelievable season i mean and you've just i think they've also kind of gotten lucky on some of these threes i mean like gordon Dragic hitting 44 percent on three pointers this season like when he shot 31 percent last year on easier attempts like no one saw that coming so it, it's uh it, i feel pretty good about it because i kind of had just this belief in miami's system and some of their young talent blossoming but you know i didn't see deon waiters being this good or james johnson who was you know 40 pounds heavier in toronto so i, I can't quite take as much credit as i would like to on this one uh but i'll still take some you
2: can take some <laughs> one that we can't take one that we can't take any credit for well we can take credit for getting it really really wrong we both our best bet on the board after the chris middleton news because we had we knew that beforehand was that milwaukee would go under it was originally at 39 and a half it went to 38 and a half we both threw a lot of our fake money on it and bucks won.
1: So, yeah, we got the the Chris Middleton news a couple of days befo- uh, before this. I think it was like late September. And I was actually visiting a buddy of mine in London where they have these sports books kind of everywhere. But they also have like no idea what uh, the NBA is. And so I went in to go, uh, and see if I could find this line because it was off the board publicly, you know, on some of the websites. And I went in, like, I was like Milwaukee Bucks, And I was like, yeah, you know, it's, it's right here. And he had to like actually call in and get the line. And it was 38 and a half. And I was like, oh, maybe they just like, they just don't know. Like what, uh, we're talking about here. Like no one's paying attention, like to this clearly, like they had to call in and get the line and write it down on a piece of paper for me, uh, you know this is a steal this 38 and a half like this is gonna go way down I think afterwards it did they were probably like 33 40 34 later on so I was like oh yeah this is just incredible that that we got this line uh and we both now lost uh even with uh <laughs> a couple weeks left of the season still
2: a great season for them what we didn't see coming was Giannis becoming an all-nba guy this quickly I think that's probably the biggest thing and also you know Middleton coming back and being a really important part of their success but they would have been probably close-ish to this anyway.
1: Well, and also, Jabari was a lot better than maybe we thought he would be as well uh greg Monroe has i think brogdon been better, we should bring up brogdon oh brogdon yeah that i mean he no, we i mean a second round rookie no one thought that anything was going to happen with him so yeah
2: kudos to the bucks i mean that that's really impressive to to completely blow through a number like that and then of course when it dropped they were by that like a couple of weeks ago
1: but truthfully i don't feel ahead. that bad about this one though uh, no because, i don't either I mean, it's just there's a lot of stuff that happened with them that would be very very difficult to predict it i mean they're even getting like Minutes out of Jason Terry, Michael Beasley has been like given them some really good scoring off the like he's, he's been like a solid player they they really won that Tyler Ennis Michael Beasley trade like I mean just so many people have have outperformed expectations for this team uh and also like their bench has, has been a lot better I mean that's one thing that we thought might be the case but I mean yeah especially Giannis like getting to like you know a top 10 top 15 player in the league level uh I think nobody saw that coming whatsoever uh so uh again I think one that we did see coming the new york knickerbockers uh 38 and a half uh the under is now solidified
2: it is the knicks it was a lot of kind of downside potential, especially with the idea of potentially, you know, tanking towards the end of the year. And, you know, there were some moments where they looked good, but this number felt a couple games too high to me, which happens a lot because you have to remember Vegas is not only setting over-unders based on, you know, where they think it's going to be, it's where they can get betting on both sides. So with some big market teams like the Bulls, the Lakers, the number gets inflated a little bit because those, because fans of those t- teams are optimistic.
1: Yeah, I had predicted 37 on the preview pod that I did with Jason Concepcion and Jared Dubin, so they didn't even necessarily get to there, although they've kind of shut some guys down a little bit recently, and this team was 16 and 13. Everyone was all excited about them, uh, but you know, even at that point, they were well outperforming their point differential. They fell back to earth very quickly then. I mean, It's interesting. I think they've gotten probably more out of Derek Rose this season than they necessarily had a right to expect at least offensively he's been horrendous defensively uh but you know he he's had a pretty healthy year Porzingis started off incredibly well and then he kind of dropped off he had some injury concerns and Carmelo Anthony I mean it's one of the reasons that I had the under was I felt that Carmelo was just going to continue his gentle decline that that's been the case we thought that Noah uh, I actually I guess part of why I had them in 37 was I actually thought their defense could be okay I thought that like Noah and Porzingis could actually be like a good front court and then Noah was even because I thought Noah had at least performed well defensively the year before and it turned out he wasn't even good defensively anymore and then you know we went down with that knee injury he he struggled with that hamstring injury in camp never really got into shape uh and now he's suspended for pds i mean they really of all the players on this team maybe you could say that like rose a little bit offensively hernan gomez and maybe like ron baker are those probably the only ones that actually outperformed expectations am i missing anybody
2: Kuzminskis.
1: okay yeah Kuzminskis has been like a little better shooter but he's been in and out of the rotation of course hasn't been like, that big of a piece they also i think of missed lance thomas during like his various maladies that he suffered um, would
2: you say jeff hornacek has been below expectations i would
1: well i mean jeff hornacek plus the med fingers of phil jackson has been below expectations
2: right and that and that's what i mean i i hope that he was going to have a little bit more autonomy because remember the choice was kind of him or kurt or rambus and the idea was like oh hornacek's going to get a little bit more ability to do what he wants to do and he's probably had a little bit more but not that much
1: yeah he did and then now it's back to the triangle and everyone's carping about that so uh you know i i think there are also certain organizations that you're probably just one in doubt take the under and the knicks certainly fall into that category for me
2: one that might end up in that category. The Orlando Magic, the Magic you said it was the hardest on the board. I had bought into the idea that they had enough defensive talent. While I didn't like their roster at the, at, at the time, that were we complained ad nauseum about the way that Aaron Gordon was going to play the three. I thought that at least they could defend. And when well, the line is 36 and a half, I thought if they have like a top 10 defense, they could end up going over that. I went over, uh, I think you did as well. And no, no,
1: yeah, my logic as I recall it was was they had like the point differential of like a 35 or 36 win team. Their line was 36 and a half. I thought that Biombo, who was excellent in the playoffs last year defensively, would really help. Gordon defensively at the three. Serge Ibaka uh, Alfred Payton could take a step forward defensively uh and I mean just as I've said like before Orlando having a bad defense and you know Frank Vogel is a good coach too Orlando having a really bad defense was the most surprising single unit performance really of any team as offense or defense to me that that I could recall and so they're not even going to get close to this they're projected at at 29 wins it's already lost um so yeah and I had I had Kept picking Orlando for unders, as I did last year. I got burned on that, and now I picked them for over. Not very much over, but over, and uh, not even close as well this year, so uh interesting to see uh what happens to them i think beyond defense has been really disappointing for me and seeing seeing him in person you know just talking to people around the organization too i mean i think they they felt like they're going to get that player who played in the playoffs last year defensively i mean offensively you know he's not gonna be any good but uh just he hasn't really had much effect on defense
2: yeah they've been a big disappointment and i think we can move on though to the sixers the sixers i when I, i listened to part of the podcast we did on them i think we basically just took it off the board because of what happened to ben simmons i think that happened like right before we were going to record but we both went so we both went under the original projection of 27 and a half i kind of hedged and went over 24 but i feel like we can just i think that's where it
1: actually i think that's actually where it ended up being was like right around 24 we kind of we like I think what we tried to do is project where it would be and then go go over under or something I, I can't remember but yeah. uh suffice to say we end up being wrong about them
2: right and I, I think that it's not fair like I said over 24 I don't think it's fair to give credit for that but they they've had an, an intriguing year they were quite good when Joel Embiid was on the floor and then they've been feisty after that charge has helped and they've been playing all right so yeah I, I don't think we need to talk too much about it but they've definitely surpassed well, expectations overall
1: well I think we should at least give them a little bit more credit because you know to get to 31 wins if you would say hey how's this going to happen it would have been all right ben simmons is going to come back and he's going to be awesome and bead's going to play all year he's going to be awesome and be played 31 games and granted they had a pretty nice record in those 31 games but you know some of these other guys on this team really need to get some more credit too you mentioned sharich McC- tj mcconnell is very limited as a shot creator but you know the on-off data has always been impressed by him their defense where are they in defense right now oh here i've got it 14th ranked defense. In the NBA and th- they are going to end up with a-, a net rating you know right around you know below negative five so they've outperformed their point differential a little bit that of course a-, a departure from past years uh when they were way below their point differential you know especially last year when they got to only 10 wins but uh pretty impressive for Philly but I, I think they're going to be one of the hardest teams to project next year I think with Simmons we have no idea what we're going to get from him no idea what we'll get from Embiid in terms of health they'll get to around 30 30- Wins this year, but that's outperforming their point differential. Saric, how much is he gonna play? How much of what he's done the rest of the year is real? They're gonna have probably two prize rookies coming in as well. Uh, I mean, maybe they'll even bring in over for kind of Korkmaz. They'll have a TLC, Justin Anderson. Like, it, there it's gonna be impossible to figure out. Like, they'll probably have the widest range of predictions of any team next year.
2: They very well could, and it'll be it'll be fun to see that at that time. Ready to move on to Toronto?
1: Indeed, this is one that we disagreed on, and it. It is gonna go right down to the wire.
2: The line was set at 49 and a half. You thought it was gonna be 49. I thought it was gonna be a little bit over. It looked great before Lowry got hurt, but they've held on pretty firm and they need to go four and two, I believe, for the rest of the season in order to hit the over, but I certainly think that's possible.
1: Yeah, and they're gonna be trying uh, to get positioning, but it's gonna be real interesting between Toronto and Washington. I mean the, each of them in Tor- Washington projected at forty nine, Toronto at fifty right now that do you want to be the three seed or do you want to be the four seed because you're going to be kind of like dancing around a little like weird game theory here with whether cleveland is going to be two or one do you know who
2: do you know who has cleveland in the last game of the year
1: one of toronto or washington
2: toronto does (laughs) <laughs> so that could be I mean, that could yeah, be they an, could all-timer, that an all-timer an all-timer in terms of assigning your own fate
1: yeah for, for both teams as well even i mean maybe cleveland has a, a preference between toronto and, and washington um i would actually guess given the history that they would probably rather play toronto because they've had success against them but this is a really a much different toronto team top five defense since the all-star break acquiring tucker and acquiring ibaka so yeah that'll be interesting i mean in terms of their performance i certainly didn't expect them to be you know one of the greatest offenses ever through like the first month and a half two months of the season but when you consider that lowry has missed as much time as he has I, i mean if they hadn't made the trades for ibaka and tucker this probably would almost certainly been under uh but toronto i mean best point differential in the east they're gonna end up there, they had really uh, had a really hard early schedule that they did okay against, and it looked like they're going to. They're projected to be the number one seed for a while because their uh, closing schedule, the last couple three months, w- was easy, and then Lowry went down. And they started playing a lot worse in January, uh, so it, it's been. Uh, kind of different for this team that they i mean they had this great offense and that dropped off and now they had this great defense and i don't think that either of us anticipated that at times during the year that they would get to that level
2: that's a good point and i think this could end up being a very challenging line next year but we have we have no real idea what the team's going to look like so it's hard to say definitively
1: yeah so what are their chances here i mean they are right now at Oh, they're already at forty.
2: They're forty-six and thirty six. right now.
1: Forty-six and thirty. Okay, yeah. So and... they are,
2: I'll, I'll give you their schedule. So they have they have they need to go four out of six, and they host the Sixers on Sunday. So most people have heard that result at the Pacers, at the Pistons on a back to back, then host Miami at the Knicks at the Cavs.
1: Interesting. So they're probably favored in five of their six games, but you know those, those road games against the Pacers and. Uh, the Pistons won't necessarily be pushers, though. The Pistons will, will probably be in tank mode by then, so that that might be an easier game. The Pacers are are actually out of the playoff p- picture as we record this, so they will be. Uh, that'll be an interesting game as well.
2: The Washington Wizards, a team that burned you so uh, so effusively last year, the line was set at forty two and a half. You went just under. I went over, and in one of the rare times we disagreed, and I got it right.
1: Rare as in only. <sighs>
2: No, there were there were <laughs> there's another one, and it's actually going to be the next one we do.
1: Oh, wait a minute! No, I had the under on Dallas. Oh, why would you say we disagreed on that?
2: I thought we did. Anyway, we'll we'll get there when we get there.
1: Uh, uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, sorry to go ahead, but um. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought I I liked Washington's talent still. And the only reason that I went with the under and predicted 41, although I did have them in the playoffs, was because I thought they were going to struggle with injuries. I mean, Bradley Beal's history, John Wall coming back from surgery on both knees. Uh, Jan Mahimi didn't have the greatest health history. Otto Porter has missed a lot of time. It, in His career, their depth, we were really c- concerned about that. Other than Mahimi, and I think I don't think Mahimi actually had, had uh, been shut down at the time that we had recorded. I think that happened in like mid October, as I recall. Uh, but th- that was kind of my thinking. That obviously was incorrect. Uh, they and I think the other thing I might have underrated as well is that I think Scott Brooks has done a wonderful job coaching them, that they have really he's fixed a lot of the things that kind of plagued him orthodoxy as far as like always playing two bigs not shooting enough three-pointers that kind of stuff i think it, more like creativity with his lineups we've seen a lot of that in washington which we didn't necessarily in okc so impressive that he's really i think been able to learn and evolve it as time has gone on the other thing i could say though here with washington is they have been one of the best clutch teams john wall has been unbelievable in the clutch but if you look At their point differential and then assume that they had slightly worse health, you know, it could have been right around that 42 and a half over under, but you know, of course, that's not how things worked out.
2: Something that's been surprising for me about Brooks is that I expected the change from Whitman to Brooks to be partially about buying in on defense. Brooks did not get enough credit for those Oklahoma City teams, just even from the stars on down, just generally buying in and playing hard defense. So I thought they would get a more significant bump there. But the change that I've seen more wholesale with the starting five. Has been. They have a way more cohesive offense, and they've looked a lot better. And some of that is going from Whitman's disaster to Brooks is is different. But as you said, he deserves a lot of credit.
1: All right. Well, we will sort out this high drama with the the our Dallas Mavericks predictions in a moment. But first, this from Indochino. I was lucky enough to be asked to be the officiant at my friend's wedding last night, and so I wanted to wear my best suit. And my best suit is an Indochino suit. And the reason it's my best suit is it's easy to get a perfectly tailored suit at an incredible price by them. As kind of a tall guy, a little oddly shaped, off-the-rack suits were always just a big problem for me. First, you'd have to thumb through, find one that you liked, and not only one that I liked, but then it would have to be, you know, a 44 tall. And then a 44 tall didn't really fit me because I had these big shoulders, so they would have to really get me a 46 tall instead and then try to, like, cinch it up around the chest so it actually, like, fit properly. And, you know, it never really just quite worked. Uh, uh, same thing with the pants because with that big of a suit jacket they would always give you like these pants that were had too big of a voice I'm like oh yeah well we'll just tailor those up for you and like all right you know you doing a nice job there i'll see you in two weeks after you've uh, tailored it and it was always fine, but I never knew what I was missing until I tried an Indochino suit. I went into one of their North American showrooms here in San Francisco. Uh, they've got eight other ones. And if you can't do that, you can also go onto their website. They have an easy tutorial to take 14 different measurements for your suit. Three or four weeks later, your perfectly tailored suit arrives. And the best thing about Indochino, other than the fit, is that if you're going into a department store, you're just kind of whatever fabric they have there, you got to pick one out. Here, you can choose from over 100 different fabrics. You can customize the lapels. You can customize single-breasted, double-breasted, pleats, no pleats, the angle of the pockets, the lining. You can get it monogrammed. You can make it your suit. If you go into a department store, it's not your suit. And your suit with Indochino is far, far less expensive than really any other suit that you're going to buy out of a store. Right now, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 at Indochino.com when entering that familiar cap space code at checkout. Cap space is easy to remember because we talk about it all the time on the program. Shipping is free. That's indochino.com. Promo code CAPSPACE for any premium suit. Just three hundred eighty-nine dollars with free shipping. Get ready to look like a million bucks. So you were kind enough before this to go through and log what we all had. I think we or put it in on the sheet as well. So you had me logged as the under, and I thought I did the under on the Dallas Mavericks at thirty-nine and a half. I didn't have any reason to think that they would be better than that. Uh, I hope at least. uh And then you marked it as wrong for me, but.
2: It's very, uh, it's very confusing because I don't remember. So with a lot of them, the disagree was already marked in. So I don't know if I just misread it and then just automated, basically automatically did the rest of it by mistake or whether, uh, or whether something else happened or the disagree was already in there. And so I inferred because I knew that I picked the under. So anyway, whatever happened, this one, I got wrong, not by predicting it incorrectly, but somehow it got logged in correctly. So we both got this one, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, 39 and a half seemed too high for the Mavs. We just, they had a lot of question marks coming in and you'll recall I mean these team these guys that have played for this team now Yogi Farrell wasn't on the team Dorian Finney-Smith we'd never heard of we thought that Justin Anderson might be a part of the rotation he got traded away for New Orleans Noel Dirk Nowitzki was going to be a year with Darren Williams uh, I mean the biggest reason that I was really worried about them was injuries and I think that that certainly early in the year turned out to be right Dirk really wasn't right for almost two and a half months and when he did play, they were really bad. Andrew Bogut, we thought, was going to maybe help them, but it turned out that he and Dirk were just way too slow together. Bogut, of course, missed a bunch of times with injuries and was eventually traded and subsequently released and then signed bye-bye out and then uh, played like what? He played like fifty seconds or something for the Cavs, and then got injured again. So it was uh, really a lost year for Dallas. They started four and seventeen, admirably fought back to being on the very fringes of playoff contention, and what's been a, a pretty down year for the East, uh, or I'm sorry, for the West last seed. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think we're just kind of right about this one. Old team, no reason to think they'd be better. I mean, the interesting thing is that Harrison Barnes has been way better than any of us expected. And still, they've kind of disappointed. I think you feel better probably about the Mavs' future than you, you might have before. Uh, Seth Curry, also, we thought he'd be pretty good, but he's exceeded expectations. So it's been a weird year for them, but I think they have a better foundation. I mean, not a great one, but a better foundation going forward now with Noel, Barnes, Curry, Yogi Farrell, like some actual real youngish players that can be a part of the team for a while. And uh, you know, they might be better off without those guys, so they could just tank, but uh, you know, they have more young talent than it seemed like they did at the start of the year.
2: There are reasons for optimism, despite them going under this by significantly. You brought up most of them, and Rick Carlisle is still a great coach, so I, I think that they can they can make this work, though I do wonder with them about... I understand why they pushed for it and why they why they did everything, just they are considering how much trouble they've had getting high-end free agents over the last couple of years. They've swung and missed, including swinging, hitting, and having it be... Like 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 robbed at the fence, I guess would probably be the best analogy for DeAndre. Whether they like going full bore and trying to get that star through the draft might have been better long term, but I understand why that didn't happen
1: the denver nuggets 34 and a half you and i both had the over i predicted 37 on my preview podcast with uh, adam morris and and by the way if you missed it he and i went for about 48 minutes on his locked on nuggets show uh, which was a really enjoyable conversation for me so go back and and check that out as kind of a post-mortem on the Nuggets season uh, and how we feel about some of their players going forward um you know this one it I think this is one that we actually kind of just about got right you know I mean we thought that their offense would be good we thought Jokic would be good he's even exceeded expectations a little bit I think actually maybe some of their injuries have been underrated um and that their ability to get past you know they've always had Farid or Gallo or, or Wilson Chandler has always seemed like they've been out of the lineup Moutier missed a, a bunch of time and now he's not in the rotation anymore um so that's uh they've had a great offense they've had a bad defense probably more extreme in both directions there but this is one of the ones that some of the advanced statistics rpm projections really liked as terms of an over and you and i were both in agreement
2: i actually cited rpm and i think kevin pelton when i picked that as putting 10, 10 of my fake dollars on it and I felt comfortable with the Nuggets I thought I knew what they were and thought I just felt the line was too low and they didn't get everything they wanted out of the season especially considering how the basically the bottom of the bottom of the West playoff picture kind of came to them but still a success of a season and remember early on they were dealing with this massive trouble playing Yusuf Nurkic and Jokic together and they didn't unlock everything until they separated those two and, and made it work so that's a, another reason to be very optimistic about what they could be next year now that they have a lot of this stuff sorted out
1: yeah I, I, I talked about with Morris actually that i think next year might be more of a consolidation year for them that, than people might think uh especially if gallow were to leave and then they probably would trade wilson chandler as well uh but, but we'll see what happens with them golden state uh 66 and a half they were on pace for some time to go over this by a couple of games then kevin durant got hurt and what did they they had like a two and five stretch or a two and four stretch or something like that
2: i think it was I think it was three and five, but I could be wrong.
1: Yeah. uh, Finishing up that crazy road trip. They rested in San Antonio. And then of course, uh, famously have not lost since then. Um, they are I actually thought they were going to get to 70 this year I think actually if they had just played better in close games they would have gotten there They people forget that they were like really bad in close games early on after they had been one of the best clutch teams ever uh, but still projected by 538 for 67 they could lose what one more time and still get there
2: they need to go five and one and they should be the favorites in all of their remaining games they only have one more on the road and that's against the Suns but the big question will be if they clinch and they probably will the west number ones the number one seed before that how will they approach that in terms of rest there are some of their games like against the lakers on the last day of the season they could win it even with without their best guys but so Dude, you know so they, steve they,
1: kerr steve kerr and jaron collins uh could get out there and they could win that last game of the season against the the uh the tankers
2: that's how they should resolve that game they should just that the last game of the year like it should be kevin durant and then all the coaching staffs for both teams if he yeah if yeah, yeah let, to play.
1: let uh let luke walton get out there run up and down a little bit he he stays in shape for uh for a young coach um i guess really the only game that you would look at that they seems like it might be a loss for them against i mean i guess minnesota will come in and they'll probably try uh and then utah is going to be fighting against the clippers when they come in on, on the uh monday before the end of the season it's, those are the only two games i would think that that they are at much risk of losing unless i'm forgetting one
2: they could lose to the wizards on sunday
1: ah yes that's right that, that's possible but I, I don't think it sounds like they're probably not going to arrest anyone for that game we haven't heard anything about that yet so right yeah
2: it'll it'll, uh, it'll go so down yeah. to the wire just because it has to unless they lose unless they lose a couple of games early so it'll be it'll be worth watching
1: houston this is one that we were both pretty confident in the over this was an insanely low over under at 41 and a half but remember they only won 41 last year and and in theory they were losing Dwight Howard but they couldn't stop anyone last year anyway and I think as time went on and we really started thinking about it we, we felt like they could be better but the big issue too that has not been even a the slightest issue until very recently was health with ryan anderson and eric gordon and then you know they still had Corey brewer they didn't really have any kind of depth off the bench remember they didn't have lou williams at, at the start of the year and also sam decker hadn't played at all last year right like we didn't know that he was going to be a solid combo forward hit some threes and defend it off the bench either so we thought that their bench especially if gordon and anderson couldn't play that much and patrick beverly also you remember i don't think this had come out at the time but uh always an injury risk he had that knee surgery early on in the year uh that he came back from super quickly so it's it's like oh i can't believe these guys are only 41 and a half. I mean, it wasn't completely insane i did predict that they're gonna win 46 um i think uh, rahat hook even when i had him on my show to for the pod thought they would be even higher uh and you and i did both end up putting some money on this over you more than i did and and i think that's why you're actually gonna end up beating me in uh in our yearly bets
2: it certainly wasn't putting more money on the bucks than you did that that helped that out so
1: <laughs> yeah i mean anything else you want to say just in general about houston yes. season
2: yeah, so I the reason I didn't like their number was because I thought it priced in the what was really a worst case scenario year and kind of treated that as the expectation, whereas I thought last year was the aberration, especially considering two years ago they finished they finished second in the West. And they've gotten success all over. The one place they had depth was at center. I think they've looked good there. Capella's having the best year of his career, Nene's been solid, and Montrez Harrell has helped out when they needed him. And yeah, I mean they're they're a very, very good team, and we've talked about it before that they're all also lots of reasons assuming that they can stay healthy especially Harden next year that they could be a very very good regular season team and hopefully in the playoffs next year as well
1: yeah Harden also has outperformed expectations uh you mentioned that on your podcast with Arturo Galetti that you had both suggested maybe James Harden as a dark horse MVP candidate at the start of the year and and that obviously uh is looking pretty good right now and Harden Didn't have his best year last year either, especially early in the year. He sprained his ankle. He came in out of shape. He's in much better shape this year. Lee Jenkins wrote an article about how he's, you know, had kind of embraced his celebrity for a short time and now got away from that and just went to went back to basketball and that that's really helped him so good to see with the rockets now to another one that we disagreed on the los angeles clippers they're number 53 and a half what was your thinking in going over here i i had the under
2: they have a lot of talent their starting five was and is very good when they're all healthy and I didn't think they were going to stay healthy the whole time, but I thought that was enough to propel them. And they had, you know, enough pieces on their bench to stay competitive. And early on the season, not only were they absolutely annihilating it, but they were getting sick. They were succeeding in exactly the ways that I expected. The bench eventually fell off. They also, you know, had missed time with with Chris Paul getting injured, Blake Griffin missing some time. DeAndre Jordan's still a robot, so that's, that's okay. So I thought I was uncomfortable with the over because I thought that, you know, they didn't have, I didn't think they were going to be like a... 65 win team or anything like that but i also thought that you know this was that my expectation was about 55 so if, if you think they're going to win 55 games you can go over
1: yeah and i think my thinking was just entirely based on injuries and what i saw as a lack of depth and chris paul blake griffin both of them have missed significant time this year when they started 10 and 1 and 14 and 2 i was like oh well i guess we got this one wrong but then of course the, the injuries hit shortly thereafter
2: is there anything else that, that you want to really talk about now with them? I mean, Ben Golver and I on Real Jam Radio talked a little bit about their offseason and how fascinated we are by it, but I, I think we'll have time to talk about that later on.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think so. It's just, it seems pretty clear I, I guess you could say that they also now have been playing worse even with their full team necessarily than a 54-win pace, 53.5 wins. Uh, So, but, you know, they played better beforehand and this was a team that was together. I mean, we talked about how if they stayed healthy, they had had all these seasons in the mid 50s before this that maybe if they did stay fully healthy they could in theory get to 60 and it looked like they might get there i mean we just have completely forgotten about how They had maybe the absolute best 10-game start in NBA history and then just have completely fallen off. A lot of that was just due to luck in terms of opponent missing jump shots and and the bench overperforming. But nonetheless, uh, you know, I I think this was just one of those ones where it's not that sexy to just kind of bet on injuries. Like with Washington, I kind of did and they didn't happen. And so then you can look kind of dumb. But in this one, I I bet on injuries and, and it worked out.
2: We didn't bet on injuries, but I would say you could make an argument along with the Pacers that the Lakers were the pick that we got the most right, just top to bottom, because the idea was that their talent was a little bit weaker than some thought, and that there was this gigantic incentive, if we were right on that part of it, that they were going to be on the softer side to tank at the end of the year, and that's why they haven't clinched going under yet, because it was at 24 and a half, but they are going to go under.
1: They're tanking? Allegedly. Yeah, this is another one of those ones where they started 10 and 10, and, you know, they're defense was still pretty bad during that period but you're thinking oh maybe this is uh, it's looking pretty good for them and then just you know since then they are 11 and 45 uh, and worst point differential in the league is what they're projected for negative 7.7 and they are projected for 23 wins I don't know where these two other wins that they're going to get are going to come from uh, frankly because as you mentioned they are not trying very hard and so yeah I think this is when where our logic ended up being pretty good and And this this is another one of those ones where over these last few years, and their over-under has gotten lower every year, but we still were like, you know what, count on the tanking and count on just you know this has not been a good organization when in doubt uh let's uh put our bet on those factors
2: again like the clippers i think we could talk about their offseason but we don't need to right now so let's move on to the memphis grizzlies the grizzlies line was set at 43 and a half they already have 42 wins so they they would have to go i think one in five to not get this and they're playing the lakers on sunday so when most people listen to this they probably will have already won that won the one game they can win but i'm still not ready to concede it just because with marcus Sol- still out you never really know but they're probably going to go over
1: yeah it's looking that way and the reason that you and i both went under was again injuries. uh Gasol up until this point has played nearly the entire season. Mike Conley coming off his Achilles, there's some concern and other than that a transverse process back fracture which he came back from uh, incredibly somehow within 2 weeks. Everyone's forgotten that he and he just picked up right where he left off too after a couple of bad games. You know, his season has been unbelievable. They've gotten more out of some of their bench brigade guys as well guys like Jermichael reen james james ennis vince carter has, has had a renaissance and that's made up for the fact that chandler parsons has been not only has he rarely played but when he was out there he might have had the worst season of any player in the nba this year he shot like 34 percent overall and like under 30 percent on threes and and you know his defense wasn't making up for it either so with all that where are they in relation to their point difference i think they're pretty much right in line this year right as it been- turned out like they were way ahead and now i think that it's actually regressed a little bit
2: So they're projected to be plus 1.1 so I think they're ahead of it, but not by that much.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much right in line with, with the 46 wins they're projected for. And I agree with you. They might not make it to 46 with uh, Gasol still being out uh, with the, that left foot strain, um, which actually, I but, mean, it sounds like Dave, from some of David Fizdale's comments that that actually was something that was really bothering him. Um, so we'll see. I mean, uh, you never want to say that a Memphis injury is uh, a, a little thing that's going to get taken care of because uh, th- that has not been the history.
2: It has not. We can move on to the the Timberwolves. Their line was set at 41 and a half, which was on the high side. I was a believer in Tom Thibodeau being able to reform their defense and coax this young team that had had a nice close to last year into something resembling a low-end playoff team. And there were moments in this year where that looked right, but not enough moments for it to get close to hitting the over.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, and really, their point differential has been about that of a 500 team they would have been right in the mix for there if they hadn't again as they always seem to underperformed that point differential and the defense was horrendous in the beginning of the year uh they still overall on the season are ranked 25th but uh, they were really like you know close to last in league before that. but the, the offense has been incredible they've had i shouldn't say incredible they've had the the 10th ranked offense and the 25th ranked defense so Overall, that, that's kind of right in line with the, where they were. I actually had them making the playoffs with 40 wins as, as the last uh, seed. So it's uh, I didn't expect that they were, they would be this bad. Uh, so, you know, I, I think this season has been, if you really, the only assumption that I think people got wrong, maybe we got wrong, was the idea that they were going to have this really good defense right away. And, and that's been a very incremental process for uh, Coach Tibbs.
2: There's an argument to be made that one of the biggest successes of this season was not trading Ricky Rubio at the deadline. He's been spectacular since that point. I can't go into Tibbs' mind to see if that will carry over, if he will stay on the team long term, but he's looked great to me, and we haven't talked about that enough because we haven't been doing as much on the Timberwolves once they got kind of out of the playoff mix.
1: Yeah, well, I think I would bet you that just in terms of, like, gamer episodes they've been like in the top five of teams that we've done like a gamer on this year, but maybe not as many, you know, as you mentioned, since they got out of contention. But yeah, uh, negative 0.4 net rating for the Wolves. So that would be, you know, 39 win type of team, you know, 40 win type of team. So th- this would have been a lot closer if they hadn't underperformed their point differential. But, uh, you know, I, I just, I wasn't ready to believe yet that Tibbs could just have this enormous effect, like, you know, getting this team up into like 45, 50 wins, like solid playoff contention yet and and you know i I think that that was right about right in line with what happened
2: you talked about the sixers as having a really tough line for next year i think the wolves might have the toughest line but it's also possible that vegas is going to really buy into it i don't know we'll see
1: yeah well we'll see who they get in free agency too they're going to have max max space i think if they can get someone who just we know is going to be a quality contributor at power forward or or on the wing uh then uh, things look a lot rosier you know especially defensively things look a lot rosier for them uh the new orleans pelicans they were a team among three that i said hey i'm they're right in this 35 36 win type of range along with miami and orlando i'm gonna make the bet that overall vegas is underrating them because they're just gonna succeed in ways that just aren't as apparent to the casual fan at first they're gonna play great defense and they'll get just enough offense uh to get by and that you know they can this the combination of their crappy offense and really good defense will end up being you know a 500-ish team it looks like I only went one and two on those as it appears the Pels are probably uh going to not go over I I bet over 37 and a half when I got the the line from that William Hill sportsbook in London on uh October 1st so yeah they're projected for 36 right now and have a little bit of incentive to tank it down the end of though a lot of incentive not to because there are some reports lately that joe dumars might be back in the mix at gm that alvin gentry had to show improvement over the end of the season uh, to keep his job so it'll be interesting to see what their incentives are but not projected to get to that 37 and a half
2: it's also a more abstract reason to tank because they only keep their pick if it's top three and they're not even going to get particularly close to that so it's basically giving yourself more ping pong balls but not that many more so it would make a difference you know organizationally so but but if you can't get the coach to buy in it's going to be harder i think davis is going to be the pivot point and all this so i expect them to go under but since it's not done yet we can go that way how do you feel like of course there is a there's a way to hedge on this and say we'll we'll tell me on on july 1st or whatever but how do you feel about the pelicans moving forward now compared to how you felt on october 1st when we did this
1: oh much better just because they have cousins i think that Well, I don't necessarily think that that upside is going to be realized, and as you mentioned, they have the holiday free agency to deal with. They still need to get some more players in on the wings for the 937th consecutive year, guys who can shoot and play some D on the wings, Uh, but... Nonetheless, just having that you know huge talent in the cupboard now that they didn't before, just as an organization, they have so much more upside than they did, even if I think the chances of them realizing it are probably well below 50% just because some of their organizational problems that they've had, Cousins himself being a, a mercurial talent to say the least so uh one thing actually that we didn't talk about did you think at all about when the kings played the pels like what the king's incentive would have been because the kings have the pels draft pick so it would have helped to beat the pels and and increase that pick but then by losing they would be uh, but then by winning they'd be hurting their own draft pick theoretically getting potentially into contention for losing their top 10 protected pick to the bulls though that's still pretty far off that would have been an interesting math problem just like hey is it in their interest? To win or lose this game?
2: Are you really asking if I thought about the implications of dual-sided pick protection? Because the answer is yes. uh But the the, <laughs> the the issue there for me is you always prioritize the better pick, and so you wanna you wanna maximize, and the better pick is their own. So I think you wanna go that way. But considering how close those teams are in record, yeah. it wasn't. It's more of a but, situation. But their own
1: pick group. is also swappable as well. That's another. Consideration. Yeah,
2: but a swap a swap is still means that they're gonna have they're gonna get a pick from the Sixers, so there's a benefit there as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And the Sixers pick, I think, is still predicted to be, like, one better than uh, than Sacramento's is. Uh, let's get to OKC. 45 and a half uh- – i had the under i thought they would get to 44 wins you also had the under it was looking like uh a few weeks ago that they would be right in line with that might even go under and then due to some of these completely ridiculous russell westbrook performances in the clutch they have massively outperformed their point differential and uh they are almost certain to exceed uh that over are are they almost certain maybe not but it looks like they're gonna get there
2: they have a lot of games left against teams that aren't gonna be trying very hard so they should be able to go over it this was the hardest line to set for me like just not in terms of our evaluation but just in terms of setting it because they lost not only Kevin Durant but Serge Ibaka and they got Victor Oladipo back but we had no idea what this team was going to look like and they have outperformed expectations Russ has been spectacular thought Billy Donovan has done a very good job with this team and also it helped immensely that Sam Presti made a good trade at the deadline they got McDermott who hasn't been that big of an impact and Taj Gibson who I think has played well and shored up their depth and I think i think all of that helped helped a little bit and of course russ was the engine that drove all of this and they have plenty of incentive to push to the finish line which is also what makes me think it's going to go over
1: yeah they would have to go two and four in their last six uh to hit the under here but given the fact that their point differential is going to end up right around 1.0 uh I think that a lot of the things that we thought about this team have proven true in terms of their lack of shooting. Uh, the, their defense would probably be pretty good, but it really, the difference has just been Russell Westbrook going crazy, it, b- both over the course of the season. I mean, he's had even a better year than any of us would have thought. And then going crazy in close games. I mean, the, that Dallas that's, that's game. That's exactly that where I was going to go.
2: Like, if this team wasn't one, one of the best clutch teams in the league, then we would have, we would have hit the, they would have hit the under, like. They, they've been spectacular one of the best defenses in the clutch they've been very good offensively russell westbrook has this ludicrous usage at that point and yeah if they lose a couple of those games then this swings the other way but they deserve credit for making it happen
1: the phoenix suns this is one 26 and a half that we both had wrong they surprisingly to me have been in full on i mean surprisingly to me uh, based on what we thought at the start of the season have been an absolute full-on tank mode since the all-star break eric bledsoe has been shut down for not that much reason uh, brandon knight who we thought actually could be like a solid piece for them off the bench has given them absolutely nothing and he hasn't played since the all-star break either so they I mean they've been starting tyler ulis and chris and and uh you know dragon bender hasn't even been playing necessarily alex lent tyson chandler has been shut down as well i I think maybe if they had continued trying, because they were starting to look kind of frisky at times, like in January, if they had actually kept trying and played all their guys, maybe they get close to that 26 and a half. Um, our thinking at the time, basically, do you, do you remember what it was in, in both of us going over?
2: I, I think we both just thought the. so I had used the term disaster potential last year to describe the team, and they had just a rough year on and off the court, all the stuff with the Morris twins and everything else. And so the idea was that they were better than their record last year. And if they had done that again that they would have been a little bit better than this number and they went younger than we thought because they added guys like jared dudley and leandro barbosa so you thought yeah. maybe they were going to give fewer minutes to their young yeah, guys yeah. and
1: dudley dudley has not played nearly as many minutes as he should have on merit and they might have been better if he had done that
2: maybe maybe he'd be a little bit better than marquise chris maybe <laughs> and and i understand why they did that you know i i totally under get why teams with young guys want to play those young guys i support it especially when you're not very good but i expected them to do that more and it would have made a difference
1: yeah I felt pretty confident in the over and then I did the Phoenix preview pod and really started thinking about their forward rotation and some of the the fact that they really didn't have any kind of average NBA players at, at the forward positions at their centers were probably gonna be pretty weak that's been the case as well um but our, our thinking was that their backcourt w- would be pretty good uh we thought that Knight Bledsoe and Booker would be their three best players in fact and the thinking was I think what did they win like 23 24 last year and that was a season where Bledsoe only played until like you know maybe like a third of the season and so he felt like hey if that's the baseline and he's gonna play all year you know the and and Knight missed a bunch of time too Booker's gonna be a year better so these other young guys gonna be a year better that they would look pretty good for the over but uh you know again this is another one now where they're kind of starting to fall into that category ever since uh Gordon Dragic left of all right you know these guys kind of find a way to be bad and you know I I think that's going to kind of be a little bit of my default thinking on this team uh, until proven otherwise was
2: it's a certainly a fair way to think about it at this point but i don't think there's much more that we need to say right now we'll have plenty more to say on them later on portland the line was set at 46 and a half they had a wonderful surprise year last year they were the first team i believe to to clinch going over their number and we both felt this was just a little bit too rosy for them and it ended up being a little bit more than too rosy for them
1: ah uh, good pun there uh
2: oh i didn't even think about that yay
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it ended up being a little too moda e for them uh so yeah we, we both had the under i did predict 46 wins i thought they would be better than okc that that hasn't been the case um they're now projected for 41 well over uh 95 chance of being the eighth seed as, as denver has fallen off and they beat them last week so it's and their offense for most of the year wasn't quite as awesome as we thought it would be and then their defense was really you know worse than the league type of levels recently and then I mean they would have been like way under probably wouldn't have made the playoffs and then since they acquired Nurkic now unfortunately is going to miss two weeks at least with this non-displaced fracture and I would imagine it'll probably be more he's not exactly known as a quick healer Um, and so that'll probably spill into the playoffs unfortunately which will kind of mess up what what could have at least been a fun series between Golden State and Portland Uh, but nonetheless I think just the offense not being quite as awesome Evan Turner at least especially during the first two months of the season, having a really bad effect on the team. Total lack of backup big men, uh, and then just no force defensively. Uh, Minu missing a bunch of time really killed their defense early on as well. I think it, had it not been necessarily for some of those injuries, they might have been a little bit closer to what we thought. Uh, but you know, I, I think we just were a little too rosy on that. But at least we both went with the under, and I think that was uh, that was the right decision. They definitely. I mean, it, there's, we certainly felt like that was one of those ones. Ones where you're like, okay, if the line's 46 and a half, is there more, is the tail on the top side or the bottom side? And I felt it was on the bottom side and I think that ended up being right.
2: Yeah, it was the same logic I got wrong on the Clippers I got right here. So we can move on to the Spurs. Another team where there was kind of some of that same kind of tail logic involved. The Spurs had one of the best regular seasons of all time. Last year, The 67 was the final number, right?
1: Yeah, 67 and 15. And that even that was due to resting some down the very end. I mean, their point difference. Uh, was superior to the Warriors for much of last year.
2: Right. And the biggest change was losing Tim Duncan. They signed Dwayne Dedman, who ended up had a, f- had a fabulous year relative to expectations for them. You were very confident in this over. You were more confident in it than I was, not only saying they would win 59, but putting some of your fake dollars on it. But we both picked the over and they've already clinched.
1: Yeah, 56 and a half. I, I predicted them for 59. A- and to me, I-, I just didn't get how people had them... G- being 10 games worse than last year, right? Like Kawhi Leonard was only going to get better. I felt that ended up happening. Uh, you know, The loss of Tim Duncan uh, was something, but he really just wasn't playing that many minutes. I didn't think he was that essential to what they were doing defensively at this point. I thought their defense would actually take more of a step back than it has, but I thought their offense would actually be a lot better uh, because I thought with Gasol's skill level, I also thought that Danny Green couldn't help but shoot a lot better on three-pointers this year, and that's in, in fact what happened. So and we thought that they could get some more out of, out of Dwayne Dedman and then a, a shot blocking element that they hadn't had. I didn't think they were going to really miss Boris Diaz or, or David West all that much because, and this is just a belief in in Pop and the system. And I think a lot of people when they see that fifty six and a half, it's like, oh, Pop always rests all these guys, and you know that they don't really try that hard in the regular season. And that to me is just a little bit contrary to reality. I mean, they do rest guys, but the Spurs in general, I think, you know, and they have won a, a title since 2011 but in 2011 I look at as like really the first season of this new modern era of Spurs basketball in that time the Spurs have actually been much better in the regular season and they also I think the only time during that time that they lost uh or or that they won less than that 56 and a half was in 2014-15 and then they got LaMarcus Aldridge so it was uh I felt very confident in that one that was my thinking and and uh that's one that we can uh we can both tally up
2: they win a ton of coin flip games, not only if they're close, but just even on on talent. Like they out execute people. They also have not not necessarily continuity of talent, but continuity of system and of direction. And they can win a ton of games that way. And and that that makes it even more impressive. Like they're they are a dominant regular season team in terms of record, despite not having to push for every single game, not gunning for it the way that certain other teams do. And so yeah, I mean that this was this was uh, an easier over to pick than than a couple the last couple of years. And I think they've gone over for, for a little. While now
1: pretty amazing that these last two years again when they won in 2014 2015 they kind of took a step back and you would think all right you know this is going to be it tim duncan sooner to fire manu tony parker those guys are on the downside and then they won 67 most games in the Popovich era last year, and they're projected this year for 63, which would be tied for second most in the Popovich era, which with I think their 20 their star-crossed uh, 2016 team that lost in the second round, that classic series to the Mavs.
2: Anything more on the Spurs, or do you want to move on to Sacramento?
1: No, I think we've done enough patting ourselves on the back.
2: Sacramento is so the line was set at 32 and a half. They have 30 wins right now, so they would have to win three more games. They have to actually have to go three and two. I still think there's an outside chance they do it just because this team is so weird and ends up winning games. Games yeah, that you don't they're expect. playing
1: hard to to the yeah. credit of some of these I mean like Ty Lawson they won at Minnesota last night Ty Lawson at like 25 and 11 is uh you know they're getting uh getting production up Ben McLemore he was pretty good last night
2: and they also have three games left against teams that are actively that are actually doing more probably arguably tanking than they are and then one of their other games is a home game against the Rockets which if James Harden were willing to rest ever would be a very logical game to rest James Harden
1: yeah our thinking on this one for the over was, that you know they're going to have cousins all year they're going to have better coaching um it'd be interesting to see if they kept cousins whether this this over would come through or not because you know i don't know that they've been playing appreciably worse without him uh which has been a little bit of a surprise uh but you know maybe (laughs) i think it's it's, uh an interesting argument certainly of where whether cousins is uh was overrated or not Uh, so yeah, we'll see what ends up happening on this one. Probably not going to hit it, but uh, still in, in contention. I mean, that's one where they've had somewhat of a different season than we would have thought. But uh, I mean, I think actually the biggest disappointment for them for me was I actually thought that they could be decent defensively this year with Jaeger bringing in guys like Tolliver who could play as a combo forward Matt Barnes remember was a free agent acquisition who could play some we thought Caspi was going to play I thought we're going to see a lot of good combo forwards who could shoot a little bit and also switch around Cousins that didn't really materialize into a good defense Cousins individual defense was extremely disappointing uh so I think it, if they could have, def- that was the big thing that we got wrong about them was we thought they could defend it and that just didn't happen while Cousins was on the team.
2: My parallel is to the Suns, where I thought that last year was was a more negative than their talent level would indicate, and then line was set, I think, relatively close. I think they won like 32 or 33 games last year. And with that logic, it was like, okay, you know, they have a better coach, they're going to buy in a little bit, new coach, less turmoil than last year. Arguably, you know, I would say they had more better talent than and more conducive talent to it than they did before but things just fell enough off the rails that it's probably going to go under
1: utah jazz 47 and a half was there over under you and i both took the over you have this in green they only have 47 wins as of this they're gonna
2: win one more game
1: yeah i I would imagine so 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 we could feel good about that projected for 50 overall and the fact that they have had such a season from hell you know well i guess it's been a weird season because hayward gobert george hill when he's been healthy have all played way better than we would have thought but yet they've had a ton of injuries hood has never really been able to get into a rhythm alec burks hasn't been a good player for them this year uh hill has missed a bunch of time with his toe now he has a groin thing Derek favors basically has had like five good games all year at least by what his previous standards would have been although he still helps when he's out there uh so in some ways you could say that we didn't get this right because we didn't see the way they're going to win which was rudy gobert turning into the player that he's been and gordon hayward taking another step forward and that's really carried them those two players uh but on the other hand you could say hey they had all these injuries and they're still going to go over the over was the right pick
2: i'm going to push back a little bit on that because one of the reasons that we liked them was their depth and while we couldn't yeah. have predicted the specific injuries that happened we thought that they had the players to withstand well well, but, but
1: i guess what i'm saying though is i don't know that they're depth really has been what's done it for them. Oh, I Joe think Ingles, I been, think, has
2: been a massive part of this. Okay,
1: that, that that's a good point. Yeah, the, Joe Ingles, true. I mean, they, they've, between him and Burks and, and you know, Joe Johnson could be useful. Yeah, Joe Johnson is another one who, who's been at, like, between all those guys, I guess you could say, all right, so, you know, some of these guys will cobble together good seasons, but, you know, I, I would say, I mean, they still have struggled whenever Hayward or, or Gobert goes to the bench, and so I think it's really been more the individual brilliance of those two players, more so than their depth, that, that's really carried them because they had a lot of depth and they still don't really have enough i mean like they're still you know below average at power forward and point guard when hill and favors have been out which has been frequently
2: anything else on the jazz or do you kind of want to move to some of the overall stuff
1: yeah yeah so so let's go to just like our fake money and it as well so so what's the what's the total then by the way just for for our over-unders uh before we get to the to uh our fake money
2: so your totals right now uh you have 13 that i'm saying have won three that are almost certain five up in the air three that have a small chance of winning though those will probably become losses and then six outright losses i have 10 wins two almost certain same five up in the air four with a small chance and then nine losses but then that ties us in with the money
1: yeah it's funny because this is the second year in a row that i've beaten you on like just picking each team's over under i think like last year i had like 19 or 20 it looks like i'm gonna end up you know pretty close to there again this year even in what i thought was kind of a weird year um but then if i'm better at picking you're better at betting because this will be the second year in a row oh wait did i beat you last year because golden state didn't win the championship you did
2: beat me because golden state lost the championship
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's right i forgot about that because you had golden state at what like five to one to win the championship at the start of the year and like that was looking fantastic until uh you know about four minutes left in game seven
2: yeah so this year was was really interesting because oh we had a lot of the same bets but we just had different amounts and then where we differed ended up being the big story so we both agreed on milwaukee under as our best bet you bet 50 of your fake hundred dollars i bet 55 we both completely missed on that so then all that's taken it out so that means we're also both bad at betting because the thing we threw the most resources on and the thing we would have thrown the most resources on if it hadn't changed was charlotte and that lost too so we so that we we didn't none of the none of us included that so then what was left you went spurs over with 20 dollars, brooklyn over with 15 houston over with 10 and then charlotte winning the division and it what looks that? like that
1: was four to one 30 of those dollars have already
2: hit then the charlotte winning there yeah charlotte winning the southeast and then so so you have 30 dollars that hit Brooklyn is an unlikely coin flip like I don't think you're gonna I don't think you're gonna get that I I would say it's you know like on the low end and then I had 30 on Houston going over 10 on Denver going over and then five on Charlotte winning the Southeast division, the same bet and 40 of mine is going over. So basically, and I cracked up because I didn't listen to our whole over under podcast when I was putting this together. But the part I did listen to, you talked about how putting 15 on Brooklyn was exciting because it would encourage you to watch them at the end of the season. And I made fun of you because I thought that sounded like a terrible fate. And I'm very happy to be right on that.
1: (laughs) Hey, they're not so bad now with Jeremy They've Lee. been more they're fun exciting. to watch the
2: last month. I mean, I watched their game against, I think it was the game against Detroit. I watched like the last five minutes. Of that game was absolutely enthralled.
1: Yeah. They won seven games in March, Brooklyn Nets. Um Yeah. That Charlotte division bet was, a, a, they were at four to one to win the Southeast that we both liked. Um all right so just uh, we'll do a, a couple other questions here what do you think your smartest pick was
2: i think portland's under that was one where it was a little bit nuanced to kind of say to because it was a lot about evaluation of talent like that was the reason that i did it and the uh, and also the tales as you talked about and i i felt i feel like that was well reasoned and worked out well and it was also why, why i think it was the smartest one is because it wasn't conventional wisdom at the time other than maybe the two of us in our our little group think
1: yeah and we were we were so down on their off season too i think that that was part of the thinking there i I agree can i make one small Uh, point
2: i forgot to do this when we were talking about the blazers evan turner is kind of like a larger scale example of of jeff teague where he's been a lot better since we both got like frustrated with how bad he was and he's actually played pretty well recently so i want to take a little bit of that you know the not spiking of the football but the you know when he was dead last in rpm and everything like that because he's been much better since
1: yeah that's true i mean it really you know it wasn't that i thought he was just a terrible player overall I mean obviously way overpaid at at his current number but it was more just the fit issue that I really Uh, took issue with with that signing um for me i thought i wanted to say miami uh but frankly like they've succeeded in a way that i don't think we saw coming so i'll go with that spurs over i mean that was one that i was just i never got it this team is always good why would you think that they would have like such a bad season this year i mean i guess it was just tim duncan is retired but you know tim wasn't playing that much so yeah that would be what I'd point to Uh, what was your uh, your dumbest pick
2: Detroit over I think that's pretty clearly I ignored my own logic and I just believed in Stan Van Gundy and I just even though I didn't think there was a 50 win team in there I I, and there was certainly a 40 win team in there I just I ignored it because I believed in Stan Van I thought that they had a a, an underrated year the season before and that they could have outperformed that by a little bit but what I should have seen is that I was betting on 40 percent instead of 60 percent and that's just the way it goes
1: I think you're too harsh on on yourself there I I think that if Reggie Jackson had just had the same season as last year I mean we there's reason to think he would be better this year there's reason to think that Andre Drummond would would be better this year you know I I think just the normal progression of of a young team that actually is young as opposed to Portland where you know Damon CJ were kind of already in the area where you wouldn't necessarily expect them to improve that much more in terms of age so I, I think you're being too harsh on yourself there especially because you know i i I had the same thing as you did um for me it was charlotte and especially well not only just to the fact that it was wrong but the degree to which it was wrong especially just because it was all right there you know that Roy Hibbert, we knew he really, the game had kind of passed him by and he wasn't that good anymore anyway. And he was one of the worst offensive players in basketball. Frank Kaminsky, never been a believer in him. They had to rely on him a ton. uh The Bell and Ellie trade, which, which we really disliked. uh Marvin Williams taking a step back. He actually has been a little bit better. Batum taking a step back from a career year has been an underrated part of, of their struggles as well. So it probably just, and, and I guess even all that said, uh in terms of their point differential, they've kind of been that there. Uh, and maybe if zeller isn't hurt as much that they, they could have had a different season but it, nonetheless i was like so sure about that one and that obviously was wrong um i guess the question is why aren't we saying milwaukee is our dumbest pick that's that's the one that we were kind of because most because wrong on.
2: the way that they the way that they exceeded expectations was was not something that was easy to foresee you know like that that surprising developments happen in a positive and negative direction all the time in in the NBA and they they had a lot of different things Pulling the same way at the same time that we that it was unreasonable to expect that, especially since we knew about the Middleton injury. I mean, Brogdon is probably the best example of this. You know, like Brogdon, even though we had seen him in summer league and he looked he looked good at moments yeah. like we thought. There's he could no be the reason player. to
1: think he'd be a rookie of the year candidate. Like there's just right. there's no and reason to think
2: that. Giannis, I mean, there was always a chance Giannis was going to become that all NBA guy. We both have been in love with his yeah. potential for years, but the jump that he made, the jump that Jabari made, and I, I think and that- Middleton
1: coming back earlier than than expected and being really good. I mean, because if right. he if he doesn't come back, because we thought, hey, you know what, they might even just like sit him out the whole season because they're just not going to be in it the whole time but the like if he if and if that had happened this still the under 38 and a half might have still happened but he is, is of course has been wonderful
2: so yeah i don't beat myself up over that because those are the types of those are the types of ones that happen and it's great when it when it occurs in a positive direction when a team exceeds expectations it can also happen in a negative way where just everything falls apart like you can think about when memphis when every single player on their team got hurt or there have been a cup there have been a we could throw a million of those in the last couple of years so That's a little bit different. We can move on to bad beats. And mine is a matter of timing and perspective because through the course of the year, I think that Miami, you know, so I said the under on Miami and through the course of the year, I would say to you to use a dunked on popularized term in the aggregate, it hasn't been a bad beat, but considering they were 10 and 30 and... they lost Justice Winslow and it looked like they were going to tank to go on the run that they did at that point makes it feel to me like a bad beat, though. I'm thrilled it happened.
1: Yeah, for me, uh, if if the Lakers end up somehow getting the over, it will absolutely be that. But since it looks like that probably won't happen, uh, Brooklyn would be it for me. For the reasons I discussed, you know, if if Lynn had played, I think they would uh, even, you know, two thirds of the season. I think they would have made the over relatively comfortably.
2: Last one. Lucky win.
1: Uh, for me, I thought it was Minnesota, although their point differential actually has declined a little bit. I mean, they were almost in the positive in point differential. So, you know, I had the under, but it was 41 and a half. Like, that would have been right there. It would have been close if they had just, you know, lived up to where their, their point differential has been this year. Um, and also, I think they've been hurt a little bit just by the fact that, like, I mean, Chris Dunn has been awful, but I didn't think he was going to be this bad to where he was, like, really, for most of the season, like, shouldn't even be a backup point guard. Um So that was another thing that I didn't necessarily see coming as to why they've had some real struggles this year, maybe more than we would have thought.
2: I had fewer wins, so it's harder to find a lucky one. But if either the New Orleans or Sacramento overhits, it'll be that because both of those, if they do, it'll basically be for kind of the wrong reasons so that that would be that yeah. kind of that qualifies to me
1: uh all right <laughs> you know i i put this this category in there uh and then i didn't and i didn't realize at the time that you'd only beaten me on one of what what your best win over me was so i guess it would be washington by default
2: yeah it probably would have been anyway though
1: <laughs> that's true yeah they, they've exceeded expectations by a ton um for my best win over you i guess i would just have to go with the clippers i mean that was just one where because of the injuries but i, I mean there's not a lot of these for these one that you know i'm beating you on it's not like i was like oh yeah they're gonna be five wins less you know maybe maybe miami would be one you could point to too but again you know it's really that's the way they've succeeded has been so unexpected so i guess i'll just go with the clippers i just didn't believe in their health they're getting a year older uh so that's why i went with the under on them um all right we done here
2: yeah i think we are
1: all right sounds good man i will see you in portland in a little bit and uh we'll be back monday night with more great content not sure the exact order we're going to do this in but we still have to do our final awards pod. We're actually going to do an entire pod just on this historic MVP race, break it down into as many relevant categories we can think of and finally come up with declaring a winner. Really try to dig into it. I know we've both been on the Westbrook train but you know try to really look at it one one more time with fresh eyes and pick who we think it should be uh, and we'll probably you know with Harden struggling a little bit lately Westbrook coming on OKC coming on I mean, maybe we'll try to delay that even a little bit longer just to really get, uh, you know, as much recency bias in there as possible. Just kidding. Uh, so we got that. A uh, bunch of, other, of course, uh, these games with the playoff races coming up. We're going to be at the Nike Hoop Summit. So we'll have a chance to talk about some of those prospects as well. See some Blazers games in pro- person. Looking forward to that. So lots of great content coming up. Don't forget about our sponsors today. Indochino. Use that cap space code to get any premium Indochino suit for only $389. Custom made to measure suit. And Helix Sleep. Get a custom mattress at helixsleep.com slash Capspace will get you $50 off and also let them know that you came from us. Talk to you all
0: tomorrow night. Till then. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365.